got three words for you. You like that? Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the upcoming divisional round weekend games across the NFL. In this episode, we'll cover our regular weekly picks, Maddie and Andy's total tease, and also get you your news of the week. First, with me as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, not the NBA's playoff P, but our very own playoff P, Andy the Prognosticator, Attridge. What you saying, pal? Well, hopefully I produce a little bit better than playoff P in the NBA. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, down the stretch, you're much better. Thank you. Thank you. I can I can hit from the free throw line, uh, given a chance, but I appreciate the intro. Yeah, that was a uh, that was an interesting wild card weekend. Uh, wild would be the uh, would be the exact name to describe it. A very apt one. My money but line Maddie pick. That money line Maddie. Yeah, with the cashed it. Thank you, Tennessee. I could still pick winners, and I could still make money for all kinds of people back home. And why mess up a good thing? Um, I you know as soon as we finished recording last week, I sent Maddie a text saying, you know what. I think we're on the wrong side of that Saints-Vikings game. And sure enough, the Vikings not only covered, but obviously won outright. Um, that was about the only really big surprise for the week. But, man, if there was ever a week where you wanted to see if the Mafia still has its mitts in the NFL, this was the one to do it. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. You got Deshaun Watson get sacked seven times, and they win. Houston doesn't score in the first half. I mean, from the Bills side, you could have Stevie Wonder could have done a better play calling job. Stevie Wonder, the music genius. Than what Sean McDermott did from the fourth quarter on. Uh, New England doesn't score in the second half. Uh, Drew Brees throws for only 208 yards with a pick and a fumble. Alvin Kamara rushes for 21 yards on seven carries. Carson Wentz goes out in the first half. And then you've got two future Hall of Famers, Tom, uh, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, uh, both going out in the same same weekend the first weekend of the playoffs i don't know maddie what do you think of it yeah that's not coincidence that's either the mafia or they were bought off by rich oil men because that is pretty uh pretty outstanding set of things to happen on uh wild card weekend you know you're right about deshaun watson they he's actually um one of the lowest pressure rates of a quarterback all season long he's only pressured at around 22 percent of his dropbacks so to get sacked seven times and then you go on to win the game. Like th the end of the game, what a superhuman being he is. Mm -hmm. uh, on that big pass play he made, he got hit by two separate Bills linemen, stays on his feet, rolls out, and then puts it on a rope for to get the, his team down into the into the what uh, ten yard line. I think they were, yeah. they were definitely looked, in the red well, zone. Well, no, actually, it was inside the five. I think. Yeah. But, you know, he was like he was made of granite. Yeah. It, it, the, I, I'm so amazed at people that can make something out of nothing. And he's one of those guys that he's got that, like, I, it's, you know, everybody says it, but X factor, right? Deshaun yeah. Watson, if he can, if he can stay upright and move around, if you give him any time, he'll find somebody downfield. He's very yep. good at it. I mean, it's really interesting too, when you look at the AFC versus the NFC and the differences in quarterback pay. So the combined salary for the remaining AFC quarterbacks are twelve point three million. That's for all three, or what? sorry, all four. No way. Yep. Uh, Ryan Tannehill one point nine mil. Lamar Jackson two point one mil. 
Deshaun Watson, 3.8 mil. Pat Mahomes, 4.5 mil. Now contrast that with the NFC. Their combined salary for the four remaining quarterbacks are 105 million. Garoppolo's got 20 mil a year. Russell Wilson with 26.3 mil a year. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 29 mil. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, 29.7. So basically what you're saying, Matty, is that we have to watch out for mafia involvement in the AFCs. <laughs> Seeing how so underpaid they are by comparison. Yeah, and the running game, you know, they said it, this was going to be a passing league. Uh, well, the running game is very well represented in this divisional round as well because the Ravens, Niners, Titans, and Seahawks were the four best rushing teams in the NFL yeah, but this year. Dude, dude, that's the way it should work. Yeah, it should. Right, right? That's the way it should work. Yep. That's yep. football. We say it all the time. Rush, a yeah. good rush game and a good defense, they both travel well. Yep. And they'll, uh, they'll get you through the end of January, that's for sure. All right, well, shall we get to the news of the week? We should. It finally happened this week. Cowboys fans got their wish as Jerry Jones finally fired Jason Garrett, and then he promptly hired former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy. I think the NFL Network's Adam Rank summed this move up best in a tweet, and I quote, Choosing Mike McCarthy is a lot like getting Taco Bell late at night. You're kind of desperate, and there's not a lot of great options. It's reliable, yet unspectacular, and your biggest hope is that you don't get violently ill. Yo quiero Taco Bell. A burger joint in New York City called Raw Material has invented a burger with a bun that is filled with a butter and cheese sauce, which literally explodes in your mouth when you bite into it. What do you think of that, Andy? You know, I think I'm good with my food not creaming in my mouth. Although, that is still better than Vaughn Miller coming down my throat. Training with your uh, trainer on your own and on Instagram is not, you know, the same as Vaughn Miller coming down your throat. Genetically enhanced mighty mice that were part of a health experiment on the International Space Station has successfully returned to Earth. The mice were genetically manipulated for muscle growth in an experiment to better understand how zero gravity affects the human body. During long-term spaceflight missions, on the space station, astronauts have experienced muscle and bone loss. Although the astronauts exercise every day to mitigate this, experiments like this can help scientists understand how the loss occurs and better ways to manage it. Well, if they wanted a less expensive testing method to determine muscle and bone loss would negatively affect physical performance, they could simply trade these mice to teams playing in the NFC East for at least a season. But hey, that would be cruelty to animals. I've fallen. And I can't get up. Antonio Brown hasn't been in the league since week two. Yet he somehow still finds a way to keep himself in the news. Call me Mr. Picture. This past week, keeping with the tradition of being a megalomaniac diva, Brown took to social media to challenge YouTuber Logan Paul to a boxing match. Now, Paul, who already has two pro fights, says he'll gladly fight Brown and his camp said a deal is in the works to make this actually happen. Every time I hear or see AB doing something stupid, I get even more convinced that Mike Tomlin is the greatest head coach ever to grace an NFL sideline because he was able to keep AB pretty quiet for nine years. That demonstrates some next level people management skills. Would I rather be feared or loved? Um, easy, both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. All right, let's fire it up. Let's get to the weekly picks. 
first game of the divisional round is in San Francisco, buddy. Your Niners yeah. uh, taking on Minnesota. Uh, the Niners seven-point favorites at home. Uh, 44 is your over-under. They've won four or five playoff games against Minnesota. But, man, did the Vikes look pretty damn good in every facet of the game last week. Well, they played pretty much what you would consider a perfect game. Yep. Uh, Kirk Cousins did everything he could, you know, especially hitting uh, Thielen down in the, well, in the red zone. At that, that was last clutch. Right? It was just, clutch. It's like he was just dropping, dropping lawn darts in there. Yep. And, you know, and, you know, obviously their Dalvin Cook had a great game on the ground. Uh, their defense was spectacular. I mean, they made Drew Brees look mortal, uh, held him in only 208 yards. But I think it was a great bye week for the 49ers. They are getting a lot healthier than they have been the last half of the season. So you got well, they linebacker. Needed it. They needed they need it. A linebacker Quan Alexander is back in the lineup for the first time since October. In fact, it was Halloween night that he went out. And many people consider him the emotional leader on defense, much like George Kittle is on the offense. And D Ford's going to be back in the lineup. And my man, Jaquizny Tart, is going to be playing as well. So you get those three guys healthy and back in the lineup, and it's going to be a significantly differently looking defense. And, in fact, San Fran has won nine of the last ten times that the Vikings have played in San Francisco. And let's also keep in consideration that with the travel, Minnesota has gone 3,200 miles in the air in the past seven days alone. Yeah, that that amount of travel is bound to take its toll on you this this late in the season. Yeah. And when we think we think of the San Francisco games this year, the ones that come to mind obviously are the you know the burn burner in New Orleans where they won uh in the last second with a field goal. And the same thing with Seattle. That came down to the wire. And then in between those two games were against the Rams. And again that came down to the last second. So people have this perception that San Francisco squeaks wins out. But taking a look at their margin of victories this year, started out 14, 24, won by 27, 13, 9, 38, 10, 29 against the Packers. And that averages out to 14 points per game in terms of average margin of victory. So, and then if you couple that with their average margin of losses, which they've only had three, that's a total of 13 points. They've lost by 4.3 yards per game. So, in fact, San Francisco has been dominating their opponents all season long. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. When San Francisco comes to play, they can light it up in all the areas that Minnesota can. They're actually very balanced. I mean, Cousins and Garoppolo have virtually identical stats. Mm -hmm. Completion percentages in the high 60s, about 250 pass yards per game, uh, 27 touchdowns to 13 interceptions for Garoppolo, 27 for Cousins, but only six interceptions. Uh, Both have a rating of over 100. So they almost cancel out. They do. I, really, I really like what Minnesota did actually against Alvin Kamara last week. Yeah. I really thought that they, because Kamara is that guy that can break it open at any time in the game, and they held him in check and made Drew Brees make a few mistakes. So if the Vikings defense comes to play like that, uh, the Niners are going to need the defense from the beginning part of the year, not weeks 10 to 17. That's because, correct. You know, the beginning of the year, they were averaging. 12.8 points per game allowed. Uh, now it's more than double at 26. Also added another 100 yards to the total yards per game allowed. 
and uh, 2.3 sacks a game over the last you know weeks 10, 10 to 17 but weeks 1 to 9 3.8 sacks a game that's like one and a half sacks more a game so the Niners have to bring that kind of pressure to Cousins because Cousins has been proven he can make mistakes but uh, you know Dalvin Cook's been taking a lot of pressure off him I think the the 49ers uh, Garoppolo has to be chucking wherever Vikes cornerback Xavier Rhodes is because I looked him up this year and he's allowed 83.8 completion percentage uh, all year long. That's actually ridiculously high. You're completing f- over four of five passes when you pass his way. So the Niners definitely have to exploit that. Another really interesting one is the Vikings. The last time they won multiple playoff games uh, was 1987. And that's where they, yeah, they were the fifth seed and they beat the number one seed, the Niners. Oh. Oh, yes, I do remember that game. Yeah. 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 Um, Weather shouldn't be too much of a factor. 13 degrees and partly cloudy. That's 13 degrees centigrade for our American listeners. So we talked about the Russian game. We've mentioned already Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara. Those are really feature backs for the Vikings and the Saints. I like to refer to the 49ers backfield as the four horsemen, just like yeah. in the old days of Notre Dame. So you've got you've got uh, Tevin Coleman, you've got Matt Breida, you've got Raheem Mostert. And then if you add in Juszczyk, who's technically a fullback, uh, but he runs like a running back, you've got four totally different weapons to use there. And if you shut down one of them, there's still three more heads going downfield. And if you look at the passing yards per game, Sam Fran's only allowing 170 versus 233 for the Vikings. And I heard recently that yesterday, uh, Adam Thielen cut his ankle in practice so badly that it required stitches. So he's questionable, but even if he is, how effective is he going to be? So you take that weapon away from from Kirk Cousins, uh, it's going to be a tough day for them. Um, It seems like a lot of points. But there's a reason why it ticked from six and a half to seven. And I think that was because of sharp money. And I'm going to be on the sharp side of this one, too, I believe, taking the 49ers. Yeah, I think this is going to be one in the trenches. The Niners offensive line as a unit showed up all year long. The Niners have a great offensive line. And I think they're going to go in there and they're going to push people around. Add to that, uh, the Vikings with a little jet lag. Like you said, it's Mm -hmm. 3,000 miles of travel in the past seven days. Uh, Also coming off a uh, a walk-off win by touchdown over the past 15 seasons. Teams that won on a walk-off are one in six the next game. So I think there's a letdown spot there as well. So I think that equals seven points. I'm going to take your Niners with you, buddy. Man, we researched the fuck out of that one, didn't we? Yeah, yes, we did. <laughs> I didn't even say everything I wanted to, but uh, I'm sure that was enough. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? If you walk through the garden, you better watch your back. The second half of our Saturday doubleheader takes us to Charm City, where the Baltimore Ravens are laying nine points against the visiting Tennessee Titans. The Titans, man, they were looking sweet. Uh, this is the fourth postseason meeting between these two teams. Uh, and over the last, uh, over, over that span, the road team is three and zero. 
Huh. I'm just trying to think because, you know, there were the Houston uh, Oilers before and it was the Baltimore. Actually, no, they were an expansion team, weren't they? But yeah, three. I didn't realize that they played that many times. Uh, the line right now is actually nine and a half. And in some places I've seen tens. So it's it's going north. And for good reason. I mean, Baltimore's average margin of victory this year was 19 points per game, which is the best of any team currently in the playoffs. And in fact, they won nine games by more than nine points this year. But you have to give the tip of the hat to Tennessee, their defense. I mean, making Tom Brady look bad last week was, well, it was pretty impressive. I mean, I mean they held them uh, to only five conversion on 13 third downs. So great defense. And then, my God, Derrick Henry, what a battering ram that guy is. Yeah. Like, just, just feed him the rock. <laughs> yeah. Like he's and, averaging 4.4 yards per carry or something like that. Like, I mean, basically every, you know, three times he gets the ball, he's got a first down. <laughs> I feel sorry for the defensive backs that have to come in and tackle him after oh. he breaks through the line. Oh, like, I know. You just watch incredible. them bounce off him. It is, uh, he is such a throwback, incredible, like, you almost think of like Jim Brown when you think about the way he just just goes north and makes people like he brings the impact to them. It's a it's yeah. a lost art form nowadays. There's a lot of guys that'll run out of bounds or you know they try a juke and Derrick Henry's just like screw that. Well, it's it's just almost like Jerome Bettis, but stronger if you know what I mean. Yeah, with like, like a cut move, not quite yeah. like a Barry Sanders, but not necessarily know. north south, but yeah, you, you mix in yeah like Barry Sanders and Barry Ward, right? Yeah. Um, now, last week we um, put Ryan Tannehill in a statistical category with Sammy Baugh and Joe Montana. How many yards do you think he threw for last week? He did Off not, the top of your head. He did not hit the century. I think it was, what, 78? 72, yeah. 72, 72 yards. But, my God, did they ever shut New England down. Kept them off the scoreboard in the second half. Um, yeah, Vrabel out hoodieing the hoodie. Ooh, that was nice the, to see. With, oh man, because especially when the hoodie loses his mind over something that he told the NFL about in a press mm. conference after the game against the Jets earlier this year when he did that. You know, Vrabel being a good student, man, I, I, I gained a lot of respect for Vrabel and the way he's able to game plan as well. I thought their defense played fantastic. Their defense played well. The running game picks it up. And what happens when Tannehill actually finds his groove and can hit guys downfield? Well, yeah, and he, he hit he hit that touchdown money in what was that the first quarter of the game, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and he took him right down there and scored. And then the rest of it was mostly Henry, but he made the throws when he needed to make them. And an, an interesting thing about Tannehill as well is that uh, he's been excellent versus man coverage this year. So he's got the NFL leading 15 touchdowns to only three picks versus man coverage. And the Raven, the Ravens use man coverage on 48, sorry, 45.8% of all their snaps. That's really? The fourth, yeah, that's the fourth highest in the NFL. I think that sets up very well for Tannehill. And so. uh, Henry faced a top 10 defense six times this season. Uh, five of the six games, he rushed for more than 75 yards and more than one rushing touchdown. He, you know what? I, I'm, it's going to be a balmy day, too. It's going to be 19 degrees. Right? <laughs> that's Celsius, by the way. That's Celsius, yeah. So call that, is that what, 70? 75, maybe. 70, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's got a 40% chance of rain and wind gusts of up to 13, 14 miles an hour uh, and gusty. So, 
you know, that might uh, lend itself well to a better rushing game, which, um, in fact, the Baltimore Ravens, who have the most rushing yards per team, per game in the whole league, now they get Mark Ingram back on top of Lamar Jackson. So Yeah, they average <laughs> 206 rushing yards per game. Yeah, That's pretty it's insane. sick. That's it's actually sick. the and most by any team since 1976. Wow. Both Pittsburgh and New England did it that year, but nobody did it since. Well, and, and they just chipped their way down the field too, right? It's yep. not like anyone's breaking off a 50-yard rush. They just, you know, five, six yards here and there, and they just, you know, death by a thousand cuts that way. But I, I think I think Tennessee's got the front seven to take care of that. Um, well, I think they're going to make it difficult for them, which is why I'm not liking the nine or 10-point spread, especially yeah. 10. Like, I really think that, Baltimore should win this game. So this is mm-hmm. definitely not a money line Maddie pick this week. <laughs> well, uh, you'd have some balls if you did that. Yeah. You know, and hey, man, stranger things have happened. We saw it happen last weekend, but Baltimore should win it outright. But I love Tennessee here. They're going to pound that rock. They're going to eat up lots of time on the clock and their defense can hold its own on the rush. Lamar Jackson's probably going to get it done because he's just out of this world this year. But I'm, I'm, I'm liking the Titans to, to cover that spread. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you. I think that's just too many points. up next houston kansas city it's our first game on sunday and uh, kansas city nine and a half point favorites it's now up to 10 on uh, a couple sites like sports sports interaction so obviously money coming in for kansas city andy reed is 22 and 5 in his career coming off a of bye week <laughs> so, yeah, but what, what's his record in the playoffs <laughs> yeah that's true actually the chiefs are 10 and 19 that's all time in the playoffs that's the second lowest winning percentage among active teams 345 and would it surprise you to learn that in their last 10 home playoff games they've covered the spread once yep <laughs> now the texans have never won multiple playoff games in a single postseason so this would be a first for them yeah but these two teams played earlier in the year uh, at the beginning of the year in fact and the Chiefs were favored by three and a half points. And Houston ended up winning that game 31 to 24. And in fact, in yardage, they outgained them 472 to 309. And Houston had 192 on the ground. Like, what's changed since then? Well, I'll tell you what's changed. The Chiefs' defense has changed since week oh, one. I knew you were going to say that. Dude, 6 and 0, oh, 11.5 points per game allowed, 360 total yards per game allowed. Uh, that is up markedly from what their defense was uh, before week 11. So I think that they're going to see a much better defense here in well, Kansas City at home in Arrowhead. Do you know why KC's stats went up in the last part of the season? Let's look who they played in their last five games. The Chargers, your Bears and Mitch Trubisky, the Broncos, the Flailing Patriots, and the Raiders. And with the exception of New England, all the other four teams rank in the bottom third in the league for scoring. That is absolutely true. That scheduling in itself can make their defense look good. And now Houston's got Will Fuller the fifth back in the lineup. Finally, finally. Um, And he's now a deep threat, which draws coverage away from DeAndre Hopkins. 
And I think he's probably going to be the happiest guy in the field to see Will, Will Fuller lining up on the opposite side. This one's so hard to pick because Mahomes and company, when they do bring the scoring, they bring the scoring. They do. And Houston last week, uh, I mean, they played and the Nima, Bills. And the Nima Bills. in the first half. I mean, yeah. that's Bill O'Brien. That was and, all Bill O'Brien. Yeah, and if that had been the Kansas City Chiefs offense and not the uh, Buffalo Bills offense, sorry, Bills Mafia, but that game would have been a track meet by halftime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if they come out flat again and they're on the road again, or pardon me, they're not on the road again, but they're on the road this week. Right. Um, I just, I don't like Houston's defense. Can they're not stellar. That? But, you know, look, you know, when J.J. Watt came back last week, everyone was thinking, well, how effective was he going to be? I mean, even I said that. Yeah, you and, and I how effective that. was that guy? Yeah, like, yeah, it blew my mind. What an athlete, and, eh? And it wasn't just what he did on the field, but on the sidelines, he was getting everyone all juiced up, and um, he got the whole team involved. And they were just happy to have him in in – in uniform. Yep. He was, that was a big turning point, man. Did you, uh, did you see his brother was in the crowd? No, I didn't. And he was saying that to get warmed up for the game, they were wrestling against each other the night before. Oh, wow. And so like, did you go easy on him? Cause it was left shoulder. He goes, no, no, we're brothers. We don't go easy on each other at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I would not want to wrestle TJ Watt before, <laughs> before I had to go into a big game against the bills, yeah. but I guess it worked for him. Um, so with him, with him in the lineup and with Will Fuller back in the lineup on offense, um, I, I, I just think this is going to be a closer game than the nine and a half points would indicate. So um, for those reasons, I'm going with your Texans from Houston. You know what? I'm going to uh, be the contrarian here. I like Kansas City to come out, and I, I, I think they're going to win this game like 35-17. He's calling his shot. <laughs> Well, the Minnesota Vikings been known to lose a game or two. Chicago's got the Bears, but Lord, who cares? Them fans are always feeling blue. And the fans of the Lions are always crying because the boys are always out of luck. But everybody knows that the Packers suck. And finally, we head to the frozen tundra in Green Bay. Uh, that's our final game Sunday evening. And... The Packers are four-point favorites at home, now 4.5 on some sports books. The Seahawks, they traveled last week, got one out. I don't know, though. Packers are 2-0 and uh, at home versus Seattle in the postseason. I really like Aaron Rodgers at home in the postseason. Do you know what his record is at home in the postseason? It probably, you know what? Prior to the 2000, the Packers were, I think, 11-0 and at Lambeau. Uh, in the playoffs, and since two thousand two, five and five. So I don't think his record is that splendid. But he's he's th- three and two at home. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers as a starter at home. So no, not not the greatest. And although uh, Russell but, Wilson is zero and three in his career at Lambeau, uh, Green Bay. Yeah, and I was just going to say the Green Bay's covered the spread the last five times Seattle has visited Lambeau. Um, now, if Seattle can find a way to take out Aaron Rodgers like they did Carson Wentz in the first quarter, then they have a shot here. Um, now I was talking about how the San Francisco 49ers have such a a low margin of loss. Um, Green Bay also has three losses this year by 51 points, a total of 17 points per game. So when they shit the bed, they really shit the bed. And here's a fun stat that I, that I 
came up. So um, Green Bay gives up 366 yards per game on defense when they're at home. Ironically, Seattle gives up 366 yards per game on defense when they're on the road. And in fact, if you combine Seattle's home and away record, uh, they're only 25th in the league in that category. And right now they're giving up 250 yards per game, 26th in the league. No real running game to speak of. If you look at last week, between Travis Homer and Marshawn Lynch, they collectively had 17 carries for, wait for it, 19 yards. Yeah. And that's brutal. And then if you look at the mental mistakes, they had 11 penalties for 114 yards. And you don't often win games when you have 11 penalties for 114 yards. So they got a little bit lucky there, a little bit undisciplined. Now they're on the road again. I don't know. What do you think of this? Well, for their previous playoff meetings, the home team is 3-0, and although two of the last three went into overtime. So they were close. Um, I like Adams at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the playoffs, he's had a couple games. Which one, Devontae or Josh? Devontae, pardon me. Okay. Uh, he's averaging 121 reception yards at home in the playoffs. That's fourth most in the Super Bowl era with the minimum amount of uh, wow. attempts. So, you know, I expect them to fully – I hate the Packers. And if you listen yeah. to this show, you know I hate the Packers. But I also know how good the Packers are at being dream killers. <laughs> so uh, be, with that in mind, even though it's over a field goal here, I really like Green Bay to, to win this one. Yeah, that four and a half points really bothered me. Um, and I'm not saying the number's wrong. It probably isn't. But I can honestly, I can see this game going down to the wire where it goes to overtime. And then you have a pass play from Aaron Rodgers, 60 yards down the field to Devontae Adams for six-point score. Yep. Game over, right? Um, and I, you never want to count out Russell Wilson, but you know it's just you know they've won eight road games this year, which I think ties an NFL record. How long can they keep that up for? I don't know. They just they've done so much traveling in the last six weeks; it's ridiculous. So um, I think in the confines of the frozen tundra of Lambeau, that uh, they should be able to cover that spread. Yeah, this is the week where the Seahawks injury riddled lineup. Everything gets caught up to it now. I think they're going to have to pay the Pipers. So I'm yeah, I think Dwayne Brown is supposed to be back in the lineup, um, but Dwayne Brown, last I checked, doesn't line up as a running back. So um, they're still going to have troubles on the ground. Now, one interesting stat that goes against my Packers pick, but I actually just came upon it and found it odd. They have the worst scoring and total offense of any of the teams remaining in the postseason. Averaging well, twenty twenty three point five points per game and uh, offense allowing or offense getting three hundred forty five and a half yards a game. Well, and during the regular season, they ranked twenty fourth in third down conversions, just converting uh, just under thirty six percent of them. So, no, that doesn't really surprise me at all. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think this game could be close, but I because anything can happen with Russ Wilson. But I got to put my money with what I think is, is is much more of a sure thing, and that's Green Bay coming out and absolutely putting away an injury-riddled team that's probably run out of gas. Yep, I agree. And that's the end of that chapter. Please hang up and try again.
Well, here's a little segment we like to call Andy and Maddie's Total Tease. It's where we uh, come up with a over-under total that you might want to go with this weekend and a tease. So, Andy, uh, without further ado, what's your uh, total for this week to look for? Well, we're going to go right back to that Seattle game that we just discussed. And if you consider all the penalties that they've committed in recent weeks and also combining that with the factor that Green Bay has found the running game finally, I think that's going to shorten the uh, shorten the game a bit, and I want to go under the the number of forty seven for that one. Well, I'm picking an over, and for that, we're going for the first game on Sunday. Uh, San Fran playing host to Minnesota. I think both teams have offenses that are capable of scoring. The defenses can hold them in check a bit, but there's a lot of weapons on either side of the field. So I think it's going over the forty four and a half points that they've got uh, booked for that. I don't disagree. I'd buy that for a dollar. And what kind of tease are you looking at this week? Well, this is called the underdog tease. And much like last week, I think I think the games uh, this weekend will be fairly close. So I would like to take your Tennessee Titans all the way up to plus 15 and a half, going through the key numbers of 10 and 14, and taking Seattle through the 6, 7, and the 10 to taking the 10 and a half. So you got Tennessee and Seattle. Well, that's exactly my pick for this week. so good on you man that's uh obviously that's maddie and andy approved however Mm -hmm. i'll give you one more to look at and that's um you could take houston from plus nine and a half to plus 15 and a half and uh, you know i like that score and also san francisco from minus seven to minus one Mm -hmm. for sure and also this is not a bad week to consider six and a half or seven point teasers yeah you gotta lay a little bit more juice but with the way the numbers fell um, those types of teasers make sense as well. Yeah, minus 140 is a good payout if you're right. Absolutely. Any payouts, any odds are good if, if you're right. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Well, thank you for listening to the Divisional Round Weekend Edition of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all playoff games across the NFL. From the Cosa Nostra studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Good night, everyone. I love you guys. Ah!